0: Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart. Starting a World Series in late October. I'm in Boston. It's freezing here. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter finds people with the right skills for your job, actively invites them to apply. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest Way to hire. Meanwhile, let's talk about our buddies at Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight, here's what they do. They show you top-rated hotels with unsold rooms to make it easy to book your stay at an amazing rate. And even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you can book it in advance, perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, booking a place with a pool, and more to start scoring amazing deals and incredible hotels. Go to Hotel Tonight or download the app right now don't forget to go to the ringer.com a ton of world series stuff up there right now nba nfl movies and a whole lot more the ringer podcast network halloween unmasked wraps up it's awesome run on thursday final podcast it's doing great people like it thanks for spreading the word for us and uh we have another podcast that i'm gonna announce right after the break first pearl (laughs) jim All right, I'm in lovely Boston, Massachusetts. It is cold. I have no idea what kind of effect this is going to have on the World Series, but I'll tell you, it's going to be cold tonight. I wonder how many really cold games Clayton Kershaw has pitched in. He's going to be pitching one today. It looks like it's going to be about 40 degrees. The World Series starts today. Uh, I'm picking the Red Sox because I'm a huge homer. I did not wager on it because I am concerned about – I think the weather has almost neutralized the home field advantage. When it's this cold, the people are wearing jackets, scarves, mittens, all that stuff. I do worry that uh, it's going to be kind of not a dead crowd, but just kind of a crowd that won't be the kind of typically raucous crowd you'd have for a big game. The one bet I did make, Mookie Betts plus 750 to win the World Series MVP. I like these odds because I think he's due just in general to have one of those Mookie runs where he gets hot for a few games. But I also like the fact that he might play second base, which I strongly, strongly, strongly support in these three National League games. Move him to second base, he played there all the way through the minors, and then you get J.D. Martinez in left field, move Benintendi to right, and you're good to go. I think Mookie Betts is one of the best athletes I've ever watched in my life in any sport. I would really put him up against almost anybody uh, the throw that he made in game four of the Astros series when he uh, when he threw out Tony Kemp. Um, when Kemp was rounding first base, it is probably one of the fastest guys in the Astros, if not the fastest. And Mookie just picked the ball up and lasered him out from 180 feet. He does that stuff all the time. He's an incredible defensive player. The, one of the best base runners in the history of the franchise. Certainly the best one I can remember watching uh, on the team in my lifetime line drives left and right. Just, just incredible. I feel like he could have played any sport and the case for Mookie as a world series MVP. If the Red Sox win is just the, an appreciation of just what, what an unbelievable athlete and baseball player. This guy is the ability to just go from right field where you're a gold glover and just play second base for three National League games when you haven't played there in five years. And he's probably going to do great because he's one of the best athletes in sports. Um, I just like the narrative. So that's my pick Mookie Betts. Hey, little house cleaning before we get to Shay, we are launching a new podcast called the big picture, which, um, is a movie podcast. It's a spinoff at Sean fantasy's movie podcast on channel 33 that, uh, he had so many great filmmakers and directors and stars. And, um, it just gained a lot of steam especially in the industry. And it got to the point where anytime somebody had a movie coming out, um, it seemed like they wanted to go on Sean's pod or we could get them or whatever. It made sense to spin it off. So we're going to beef that podcast up. We're going to have, and basically for the next four months, kind of a, where are we with the Oscars type thing? I think on Tuesdays with Sean and Amanda Dobbins, our, our culture editor and ringer OG extraordinaire, and they're going to just break down what's going on with the Oscars. We're also going to have, you know, different ringer staffers popping on to uh, talk about movies they've seen and things like that. So it's going to, if you love movies, this is going to be the podcast for you. The big picture, you can sc- subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's bring in Shay. All right, on the line right now, the man, the myth, the legend, Shea Serrano. This is his kind of time because Michael Myers is back killing people and winning the box office. Yes. And and Kawhi Leonard is killing Spurs fans in Toronto. Yes. I thought we could do a little compare and contrast. Oh, I love it. if, If somebody in the NBA, a star, also doubled as somebody who just murdered lots of people on a holiday like Halloween... Uh, Kawhi would be like the perfect pick he doesn't say much he's kind of inscrutable i the same way that you wrote about on the ringer this week michael myers never ran he just kind of walked calmly mm-hmm. just at, at a brisk pace i feel like Kawhi would do that i know you can't stand Kawhi right now so i figured this would be the perfect time to bring this up to you oh
1: fantastic um
0: compare and contrast Kawhi. It, it, Kawhi and Michael Myers. First of all, who wins a fight between them?
1: I'm gonna go with the, with the guy with a knife. That's just like a, like a general <laughs> philosophy I have is if two people are fighting and one has a gigantic butcher knife, yeah, I'll go with him.
0: What if what if Myers? What if it's just like he's wearing the gas station attendant outfit? Does and, he uh,
1: does and he have the it. mask on? That's a that's the big thing right there.
0: Well, he always has the mask on. The mask has really only come off in Halloween one. That's the only time we saw his face, and it was the one way to rattle Myers. Is you take the mask off, and he's discombobulated.
1: He doesn't wear it for like the first twenty minutes of Halloween, the new one.
0: Yeah, but we don't see him though. You kind of see see his face. You see like the
1: edge of his uh, the edge of his face. You see enough. You see enough. But if he's wearing the mask, I just got to go with Mike. Anytime he puts the mask on, he's fucking wrecking everything that's in front of him. There's no way.
0: I think Myers was the most indestructible serial killer slash murderer of any movie because in Halloween 2, as you pointed out in your piece, got shot in both eyes. and And both eyes. And and then he could see.
1: He took one movie off. He took Halloween 3 off to rehab his eyeballs and then came back in Halloween 4 ready to fucking go.
0: He got shot in the eyes and then blindly stumbled out of an explosion and burned to death. And then was fine. It, take, it took it 'em ten years to rally back. <laughs> I actually watched uh I watched Halloween four on Friday night with my kids. We okay. hadn't banged out. I am actually a supporter of Halloween four, which is a controversial opinion because I, I think there's some people out there that like to pretend four, five, and six either didn't exist or were a dark time. Even on our fantastic Halloween on mass podcast. Amy Nicholson, you, you can feel her contempt
1: <laughs> as she's talking
0: in, uh, in episode five about the, uh, about those years. I stand by Halloween four and Halloween four ends with his niece ends up killing her mom in the bathtub and has the clown suit on. And it seemed like the torture was going to be passed and we were going to have female Michael Myers. And then they just went away from it, which was probably a mistake, but Halloween four a solid movie.
1: It's a, then, it's more fun than I remembered it. I I saw like yeah. edges of it when I when I was younger, and then I rewatched it when the new one was coming out. And it, it's especially fun if you watch Halloween three and you're just right. like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then Mike shows up in the next one, and you're you're just automatically in.
0: The two most underrated movies from that era of the slasher horror movie era were Friday the Thirteenth Part Four with Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. and then Halloween Four. Both of those are like legitimately solid, and was also like this era where um, there was always some girl who was trying to steal somebody's boyfriend and you just knew her and the boyfriend were going to die later in the movie. Like that was the price you had to pay absolutely, for being a bad friend uh, in, in the latest Halloween, which I saw actually about a month ago and it did gangbusters, you know, I saw their tweets about, and kudos to Jamie Lee and they had all these tweets. She had a tweet. Blumhouse had a tweet about this is the biggest movie ever with a female lead 55 and over and all those things. I really feel like Myers is the lead of these movies now. And this this one this was a weird one for me to watch cuz he's a serial killer, he's evil, he has right. no redeeming qualities at all. And yet I found myself kind of rooting for him oh, in yeah. the movie. And I don't know if that's the intent of the movie or not, but it's it has to be the only franchise where you're like, "Get him, Michael.
1: Get him." I think in this one that is the intent because this is the one movie in the franchise where they position you like on his shoulder for a significant portion of the movie. Yeah. Like, they want you attached to Michael. They want you to feel what he's feeling or at least be aware of what he's doing. You know, usually in the other ones, he just sort of is popping up in the background all of a sudden. And this one, you're straight up just walking with him for blocks. And yeah. it's a, it's a lot of fun To It's very intense. It's very gruesome. That first shot after he beats up the mechanic and, he, yeah. and like his jaws ripped off, like, you right then they go, okay, this is going to be a little bit different than what we've seen. Uh, the the teeth
0: drop was great too. You know, um, I was
1: thinking he's older
0: now because it's yep. been Halloween is next week. It'll have been 40 years since he returned to Haddonfield, I think on his 21st birthday.
1: Yeah. He was 21. So
0: that makes him born in 1957, which makes him a solid 61. I mean, it's still cranking along. It's re- it's really impressive. It's, it's, I would put it up there with Paul Gasol, um, <laughs> who, who other Dirk Nowitzki, like some of the Tom Brady, okay. some of the great athletes in their forties. Myers is sixty; he's there ripping teeth out, he's ripping jaws out, um, just still going along. But they had a nice shot in the first like twenty five minutes of the new movie where he had like the gray hair and the receding hairline, which yeah. I thought
1: was a nice touch. That was wonderful. Who? This is what I was, I've been thinking about. Several things since I watched the movie. I'm going to ask you. Maybe you have the answers to these. Number one, who cut his hair? Because it's a short... It's like a nice haircut that he has. It's a clean... Yeah, it's like he
0: went to Kyle's Barbershop.
1: He got a a haircut. In the other remakes, he's got the long hair. Like in the Rob Zombie ones. It's just long the whole time. And this one, he's got a haircut. I can't imagine he let somebody cut his hair. I also can't imagine they gave him scissors to cut it himself or clippers even. I need to know what's going on there. Also... This is less a question and more just like when I watched it I I watched it with, with Laramie. I like leaned over and mentioned this to her. But the woman you the woman that's in the restroom when he drops the teeth in there. Yeah. Like she says that she's going poop. Excuse me. And then yeah. he like busts in on her. This poor woman got choked to death with a with a dirty butt. And I just felt really bad for her yeah. in that moment. That's that's a tough way to go.
0: I think the the movie really wanted wanted to make us dislike her and her partner who were filming a podcast, by the way, not a flattering portrait of the podcast industry (laughs) in this movie. They were
1: 100% responsible for all of those deaths.
0: Oh yeah, they really were. And on top of it, like I'm not sure. First of all, if somebody pitched that podcast to me, like we're going to chase down Michael Myers and go to the sanitarium and, uh, my My first question would be, well, Michael Myers doesn't speak, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure what kind of interview you're getting. You're just getting dead silence like they could we could pretend we were interviewing Michael Myers and just have silence and have somebody going uh, mm-hmm. uh. so i I just don't think that was a good idea for a podcast, and the guy had an English accent, so obviously he just doesn't understand American culture and uh it just the whole thing was was kind of dicey, but um, I like the fact that as you know basically he's shackled to some place for the last 40 years right, right. The, the movie the movie the movie has us believe the that after i think halloween 1 yeah it picks up it right. does, like halloween 2 never happened in this movie
1: we skip everything that happened after everything. halloween 1
0: halloween 1 he's just gone but then they don't say how they caught him so that that was an issue then it skips over the fact that in halloween h2o he came back and then she had a son in that. But mm-hmm. in this movie, he has a daughter or she has a daughter. Right. Then it skips over the fact that in Halloween 4, she also had a different daughter. And then in Halloween Resurrection, um, she's brutally murdered in the beginning of the movie. Right. And made a big deal, did a press tour about how she had to finally put this whole movie behind him. So I, I, I guess we're at, they're asking a lot from the audience. I was fine with it. Because I just wanted Myers back in my life, and I think you were fine with it too, right?
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I wanted Myers back in my life. I wanted a Myers close to what we saw in the first Halloween, where it wasn't like a hokey thing. It was. It it got silly. Four, five, six. It got silly. He's killing people in these like really goofy ways, in like Friday the Thirteenth style ways. And this one, we're back to just I'll just fucking I'm gonna stab you in the neck and you're gonna die, and I'm gonna keep moving. I I I love that.
0: I like that he gained intelligence while he's shackled away for 40 years. He's smart. Yeah, he now has the, he knows where all the power lines are. He, he knows not only how to drive a car, but in, in this movie, he, he drove a truck. Mm -hmm. Now you and I would not know how to drive a truck. Myers just, cause he's evil. He knows how to, to pick it up and really get it going. Mm -hmm. He knew, he knew where all the electricity for Haddonfield was, the power, the power plant. Mm Mm-hmm. He was able to go there and find that pretty easily. Like he doesn't have an iPhone. <laughs> he doesn't have ways. Um, he was able to find basically everybody's house, find the police station, find out, uh, find where, where his sister lived. Just incredible intelligence on him. Yeah. I yeah how he
1: does it to do all of that without a cell phone. Like there was no GPS. He was just walking. And he got right. to where he needed to go. That's really, that might be the most impressive thing that he does in the movie is just his internal GPS. Doesn't need to eat. Doesn't he it's eat. It's
0: unclear if he goes to the bathroom. Um, Just, he's very skilled. I, I think he's the most skilled serial killer we've had. Hey, I, I I'd, would. I'd I, put him over the, over anyone. I did I have an issue you. though. Okay. So this is a tiny bit spoiler alerty, but it's really not. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm really not spoiling anything cause you've seen the trailers, you know what the premise is. The premise is Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori. She's so tormented that Michael might get out that she's kind of constructed her whole life that if he gets out, she's going to be ready. She's, she's built this whole kind of trap house for him. Mm-hmm. with all these things in it. So near the end of the movie, of course he ends up at the house. Cause you. of course he did. Right. She had no plan for what if what if the electricity's out. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that Shay. She's had 40 years to think about it. She's obsessed with this. She doesn't have a job. And yet all the possible contingencies of Myers showing up at her house, she didn't have like a generator. Like lights. She never at no point during <laughs> the 40 years did she think. Well, what happens if he cuts the power? What do I do then?
1: Well, I don't think that she needed the power there. I think this was like a Bane situation where she was used to the dark at that point. She oh, was, she's, like a, she's like a trained bat? Yeah, she was moving around in fine, same as he was at this point. He, she's going room to room. She's lowering the door. She's doing all of the stuff she needs to do without worry that the lights are off now because that's her world. I think that yeah, But was-
0: she's going against Myers is evil and, and just highly, highly skilled.
1: Here's a, here's my, my issue that I had, and this will kind of spoil it, but not really at the end when she sneak attacks him, finally. Yeah. She doesn't have a gun. She has a knife, but like you should have guns all around the house. They should be under like taped under tables and chairs in case you're rolling around. You pick one up and shoot. she didn't have the gun. All of the guns were in her little secret area. Uh, So she jumps at him with a knife. She sneaks up behind him and she makes the same mistake that so many other movie monsters make where she's got to get a line in before she attacks him. And she's like, happy Halloween, Michael. And he turns around just in time for her to miss his head. And she gets him in the shoulder or something like that. Like she got a little cocky right there. That was, that was, that was my problem with her, with her attack. (laughs) Everything else was brilliant. She got a little cocky. It was a heat check. Yeah, (laughs) You know, like
0: in in Silence of the Lambs, Clarice, when she was about to kill Buffalo Bill, didn't be like, time's up Buffalo Bill. Yeah, exactly. She just shot shot. Yeah. I, uh. I, I, so if I, if I'm planning this for 40 years, I would want one of those, you know, Mila Jovovich in, fi, in the Final Destination movies. Is that what those are called? Not Final Destinations, but Resident Evil. Right. You've seen those movies, right? I have. She has, I watched the last one a couple weeks ago, the one with Ali, Ali Larder that came out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was actually very entertaining. Yeah. But she has those, those, those vests with the guns in the back. Mm-hmm. And then rooms for a knife. It's like this. It's like this kick-ass bulletproof vest outfit with all these different things that you can hold. That's if I'm Jamie Lee. That's what I I have on for when Michael shows up.
1: Yeah, she was re- she was roughing it out there. She didn't have any sort of tactical gear that would have been helpful. She also should have had a big. She should have had like a fifty cal gun, like a Rambo gun or a smoking yeah. aces gun, that she could just light. Like you got to chop this guy in half. You right. got you got to know that fire is not going to get the job done. It no fire, it,
0: he'll just regenerate his skin.
1: Yeah, it didn't ha- it didn't work the first time you tried that in Halloween too. I know we're supposed to ignore that it happened, but it happened. Like the, the fire as soon as he went up in blaze and like in uh, in flames, the house you're like, "Well, he's he's going to get out of this, obviously." Horror just-
0: movies love to pretend that even though we saw something happen that actually, no, actually, we're going to pretend that that didn't happen. But then this other thing did happen. It would be like, and, and then whatever they didn't want to happen in retrospect is just kind of brushed aside. Yeah. It would be like if next week I was just back at ESPN and Grantland was up again.
1: <laughs> and people were like, dude, you came back to Grantland.
0: I've been like, I've been here all along. What are you talking about? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I never left. I we I really enjoyed this movie. It was really good. Yeah, it's really hey, good.
0: You know what? It's just great to have Myers back. And it's probably wrong to root for a mass murderer, but uh, I couldn't resist. I really liked having him back in my life. Uh, let's take a quick break. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, like our podcast. Listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. All right. So why are you taking trips to the post office when you can get postage on demand? At Stamps.com, with Stamps.com, access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk, 24-7 when it's convenient for you. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your own computer and printer. The mail carrier picks it up. Quick print mail, you're done. Couldn't be easier. Listen, going back to my old ESPN podcast, 2011, 2012, that's when I started using Stamps. It's just easier. I like having people come take my mail for me. That's what happens with stamps.com right now. Use code BS for this special offer up to $55 free postage or digital scale and a four week trial. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Quick on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, type in BS. That is stamps.com. Enter BS. All right. So we're back. We've done a week of the NBA season. Kawhi has been rejuvenated in Toronto. Although I have a, I have a counter opinion on this Kawhi thing. I don't think he looks a hundred percent athletically yet. I think he doesn't. Still, I think his legs aren't there, and a lot of what he's doing is with his brain. But I, I watched that entire Celtic game on Friday night, and athletically, he's just not the same now. Whether he gets there or not, we'll see. But um, I thought a lot. Of, he had kind of more of an old man game, and was like craftier, but that's not the Kawhi
1: he was in San Antonio, right? No, he was, he was overpowering like his run in 16, 17, whatever he was doing everything you needed to do. And then like the special things that you weren't expecting him to yeah. do, like the, like the Grizzlies game when him and Mike Conley are throwing fireballs at each other. Like he was doing all of that stuff. I think he will eventually get there. He's clearly smart enough to just survive on 75% or whatever he is right now. Yeah I, I have to believe that he's going to get back there. He looks good in Toronto and it the team makes sense around him. He makes sense in that environment, this like icy cold. Like that's who he is. That's what he does. He just shows up to make shots and shut down the other people. He looks good. He looks really he doesn't look great yet, but he looks very, very good.
0: Yeah, the big one of the big winners of the season is his brain because I just think he's so advanced intellectually as a basketball player now that he could cover up a couple of the athletic things that aren't totally there yet. I mm-hmm. think it'll come back, but it was really it was weird hearing all these people like Kawhi's oh, back here. He is. It's like, ah, he's not a hundred percent back yet because he he just doesn't have the same lift. And I, I felt the same way watching Gordon Hayward these first few games, right. especially. I went to the uh, Magic game last night. Oof, Gordon Hayward is tough. not close. He's not close to being back. He, uh, his ankle might be fine. He might be fine physically, but mentally he's not there. He's, he is just afraid of physicality and he's afraid to be in the air around the rim. He doesn't want any part of it yet. And I don't blame him because his ankle went nine directions a year ago, but he, uh, he was such a physical player in Utah. You know, he's one of those guys that would drive to the basket and be bouncing off people. And mm-hmm. he was he was kind of a sneaky, sneaky, great alley oop guy, which ironically is how he got hurt. But mentally, he's just not there yet. And I, the Celts are in a weird spot. And I, I was a little worried about this. I still think they're going to be awesome. Right. They have too many guys. And they do have too many guys. And not only have too many guys, they have like eight guys who think they should be out there in crunch time. Mm-hmm. And there's a weird vibe on this team. And it, I, I'm already worried about Jalen Brown. And, uh, you know, who's become the middle child in this situation where it's all Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Tatum's the next superstar. and Jalen Brown is like the one over there who's just getting good grades. (laughs) Mom and dad aren't talking about him. They're just raving about the other kid. And unfortunately for the Celtics, Jalen Brown is a free agent before Tatum is. But you have that. You have Marcus Smart. You have Rozier, who only played like 14 minutes last night, who almost was the starting guard on a... On a finals team, um, I don't know. It's it's. I always get scared when a team has too many good guys because I think you need ultimately, you need to know your best five is, and you need eight or nine, and yeah. that's it, you know? I think the, the best example of this was T-Mac in 2008, that goofy Rockets winning streak. Remember that? When and, Yao and like, went down, yeah. Yeah, Yao got hurt like – I think even before the winning streak and then they had Matumbo but then Matumbo went down and they basically did it with like six or seven guys but they had like the right structure. Yeah. And uh and the Celtics need to figure that out. I think it's a very hard team to coach. What have you what have you seen from them so far?
1: Well, I think you're you're in the right direction where you need eight or nine guys to to be the team that you want to be, but you need most importantly out of that, you need for 7, 8 and 9 to know that they're 7, 8 and 9. And that's the like That's the secret issue you run into where everybody's going nuts. Danny Ainge is stockpiling all these great players and assets and where they're all excited to be there at first. And then now you're to the stage where guys want their peace. And it does look a little jilted because Tatum is clearly going to be the guy. He's the guy. There's just, there's no way around it there. We haven't seen that from anybody else. We haven't seen those moments where he just takes over that little fadeaway that he hit the other night. That's like a shot that a winner takes and makes. And you knew yeah. it was going in as soon as you let it go. The other guys, though, they like they want to be that. They're not going to be that. And it's going to be weird. I'm most interested to see what happens with Kyrie. Like, that's the guy who was supposed to be the the Tatum, and now Tatum is the Tatum. I don't know well, what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it still feels like it's Kyrie's team, but there also feels like there's this Tatum momentum building. I I had great seats last night. There was this moment right before the end of the first half. They got the ball with like, uh, they got the ball back with like 13 seconds left and Tatum had it. And Kyrie, I think it was Kyrie or Marcus. One of those guys like take him, JT. And they all got out of the way. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they knew instinctively it's like, he should have the last shot and he's going to score. And then he did score. And I thought it was interesting moment because as has been said, ad nauseum, he's only 20, but the respect that they had for his abilities and you read, You know, you hear about uh, them talking in practice about how unbelievable he is and all this. So it does feel like there's a little sea change. Now, Kyrie is not playing well. Mm -hmm. And I thought last night, I was like, oh, my God, is he just, what's happening? And then he took his headband off. He looked better. I think it was the headband's (laughs) fault. Kyrie's so weird. He had the, he used to have the mask last year in his face and he would take that off and play better. Right. And now this year he was trying to get this headband big hair look. And I think it's been a disaster. And then finally he got rid of the headband in the second quarter. But um, but I do think they need to figure out how to stagger the Kyrie Tatum minutes so that one of them's on the floor at all times. I would start Rozier um, or Marcus Smart. And they just, I, I think Stevens is going to figure it out, but it's, you got to make everybody happy. You have to have the right amount of scoring out there. And we're clearly headed for like a three-to-one trade, three-for-one trade, (laughs) whether it's this year, whether it's that, like, they're just kind of waiting for New Orleans to get fed up with the Anthony Davis thing and trade him. But the way he's playing, why, if you're New Orleans, you might as well disband the franchise over trading him, right? You just got to ride it out.
1: Yeah. There's no way you make that trade. Can I interest you in another seven footer down in San Antonio, Pau Gasol? Well, I, no, I mean, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> By the okay. way,
0: you, it's nice having DeMar DeRozan in your life, right?
1: I, I mean, he's love. He's a good basketball player. I love what DeMar DeRozan is doing this season. He's averaging something stupid like twenty nine five and nine or something goofy like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, he's it, good at basketball. He's
1: really, really good. He and he's doing all the stuff you need for him to do. Like, I thought the last night's game was a great example of what I'm hoping, maybe I'm just projecting this onto him, but I am i feel like he saw the game fall apart. They were up by like eight or something, seven with just a couple minutes left. Yeah. Uh, LA comes roaring back, then they go up seven or eight. And that's a game that Toronto loses by 12 points. No question. But the other guys started hitting shots. You know, uh, um, Rudy hits a, a shot. Patty hits his shot. Everybody else is doing their stuff. Lamar- LaMarcus is going fucking nuts down low. Yeah, and I feel like he's realizing, oh shoot, I've got some guys here who are not afraid of the moment. We're gonna like this is gonna empower me. Like that's what I felt like when I was watching him because he didn't have a great fourth quarter or overtime. He had some good, uh, some good assists, some good little hustle plays, but he wasn't the hit like hitting the shot. He missed the the buzzer beater, but it did. It didn't feel to me like he was panicked. It just felt like he missed that shot, and then he saw this stuff happen, and you go like, "This is gonna be cool." He's been great. I love already DeMar DeRozan.
0: I like the, uh, there's a little Ewing Theory feel to the Spurs team, even though you won a title with Kawhi, so they don't technically qualify. But, you know, people people definitely dismiss the Spurs. We saw the over-under after Murray got hurt, I think dropped to 43. Mm-hmm. We did the wins pool on NBA preview Palooza. I ended up getting the Spurs at 19. Mm-hmm. So 18 of the 30 teams were picked in our wins pool. All you need is total wins. 18 teams were considered better picks than than the Spurs. And then you watch them and and you go, oh, they have Aldridge and DeRozan. Those are two of the best 25 guys in the league. The the question for me is the point the the point guard is a real problem. That's an easy position to go try to find somebody, but I'll be interested to see. How good they think this team is, and whether they want to give up a future asset to try to get somebody who's not a stopgap.
1: Part of you know? me was hoping that they that they were going to get Crawford before Crawford got signed. Jamal, Ooh. I thought that would have been that would have been <laughs> I'm not a fan. That would have been fun. I thought. Let's get. <laughs> it would have been fun up. seven years ago. Let's get some shots up. <laughs> but uh, the Spurs have done the thing before, where where like if Tony wasn't playing well or he wasn't playing at all, and they just threw Manu at their point guard. Like we're fine. With a with a three playing point guard, we'll be okay. Let Demar run point guard. I mean, he's yeah. he, he's averaging a career high in assists by a large amount. Like he'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're good.
0: I think the West. You know, the last couple of years, and really for most of this century, we've always had. It's this the the narrative has always been the West is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the West is so loaded. I don't feel like the West is necessarily loaded this year, but it's much deeper. Yeah. There's really only two bad teams. And even those teams, Sacramento and Phoenix, are, you know, they have talent. They're frisky. They have guys who are top five lottery picks and guys who can, you know, not roll over. But, man, you go down the line and it's like all these teams are good at home. Um, they have guys who, you know, you go down the line like Denver's got Jokic, New Orleans got Davis. Portland's got Lillard. Memphis has uh, Conley and Gasol and Jaron Jackson, who's looked fantastic. The Clippers, they got Gallinari back. Gallinari was like he's like Michael Myers. He was Gallo, baby. Off. We thought he died. We Gallo, thought he died baby. in Halloween Eight. Yeah, he's twenty pounds lighter. He's got a nice tan. He's looking like very Galloway again. Um, then Doncic looks great in Dallas. Utah has de- their whole team. Minnesota's loaded. And then you look at the bottom four right now, although there's only been three games, and it's Houston, Sacramento, the Lakers, and OKC. What a, what a fucking race this is going to be. I don't know how we're going to get eight playoff teams out of this.
1: They're gonna, I can't they're, figure it out. They're going to let 10 Western Conference teams join the playoffs this year. I think that's what they should do. They should just have their own special, special playoffs. Bill, let me ask you, because I, I thought about this when we were talking about Myers earlier, and I didn't get to ask. And I'm a, I would I would be mad at myself if I didn't. But you asked me about who wins in a fight. Like we dropped Kawhi and Michael into Michael's world. Yeah. If they're playing one on one to eleven twos and ones, like a normal person, who wins that that game? Myers versus Kawhi. Myers versus Kawhi. Is there a ref? There's no ref but call your own fouls. And and you're not allowed to, to stab anyone in the neck.
0: I think Myers would lose 11 nothing. 11 nothing. Yeah, because the problem is he doesn't run. So all you would have to do is just kind of he, – he he'd move side to side, but he wouldn't be
1: actually moving. I think you'd just be able to go by him. Shaq didn't run either, and he's got himself a handful of rings. So the question is if Myers got the ball
0: because he's supernatural and, and evil – and has superhuman strength, maybe he's like 2,000 Shaq. Maybe yeah. he just turns everybody into Todd McCullough. I think if Kawhi got the ball
1: first, I think he wins 11 nothing. I The trick with Mike is, number one, I think he's very quick. He walks, but he's quick. Like, he sort of shoots around the houses front to back yeah. with, like, a, a, a tricky speed. Uh, we have to consider that. We also have to consider he's very strong, like, unreasonably strong. Yeah, if he's allowed to put one hand on you like we're doing hand checking, like you're not getting inside the three-point line. And also he's got a crazy vertical. He's got like a 48-inch vertical. I think he's gonna do okay in that in that 48 game. 48-inch vertical. Well,
0: we know we know physically he's able to withstand just about anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the fall the fall from the roof in Halloween one after getting shot six
1: times was He's really one for the ages. Yeah, he's, nobody he's, comes back. He's getting every and one. Like you're not throwing his shot. There's no hard foul <laughs> on Michael Myers. Like oh, no easy lay, no easy yeah. buckets. Nah, he's getting an easy bucket. There's nothing you can do about it.
0: What kind of offensive game do you think he would have? Like kind of like an Aaron Baines, like the short from the shoulder jump hook. Yeah, that little goofy. Push,
1: yeah, the push like one. Shots? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all he's doing. He's, he's got that. He's dropping bank those shot? on your head all day long.
0: Does he have a Duncan, like little step back 10 foot
1: bank shot? Bill, he's got a 48 inch vertical and he's 6'2. He's dunking <laughs> it on everybody. He might, he might go out there and turn into Dennis Smith. That's who he might be in the game. We have no idea. What if he what if the game starts and the Kawhi's like, all right, he shakes his hand, good luck. And Mike unzips his mechanics outfit and he's got on fucking basketball shorts underneath. What if that's <laughs> what he's wearing underneath there and he's been a hooper all along? I gotta trust Mike.
0: But he, and then he takes off his mask and he's got this special like basketball mask that's like fitted with goggles. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. What did you, you watch that whole Lakers Spurs game last time, right? Oh, hundred percent. I'm starting to get worried. I, I thought the Lakers <laughs> over, I thought the Lakers over 48 was a lock and the whole thing was like, well, LeBron is worth 50 wins by himself. Just put anyone on his team. Mm-hmm they really whiffed on some of the guys they signed, like spending 17 million on Contavious Caldwell Pope and Lance Stevenson. I, the other option is just to set it on fire. Like you just actually take out hundred dollar bills until you get to 17 million and just put them outside the LA live under the Kareem statue and just (laughs) light it on fire. Cause no, neither of those guys can play basketball at a high level. Um, And then the JaVale thing, like JaVale's nice to have on your team when you're, when he's like your 11th man, but when he's out there in crutch time, it's just not good. And they are, everyone was saying they're going to be bad defensively. They're even worse defensively than I imagined. And then, you know, the other part is if Lonzo doesn't go up a notch, I think it's a problem. Like, I just don't think he's looked that good. And I have more Lonzo stock than just about anybody, but I really wanted him to make a jump this year. And it, kind of seems like the same
1: guy. So I'm concerned about that. What what have you seen? Yeah, it feels the Lonzo thing is what I thought was most troubling. As soon as Rondo got suspended, everybody's like, "Oh, you know, Lonzo's getting his shot." Yeah, here he comes. And he and he did not come. He did not. He just was there doing the same stuff he was doing a season ago. I don't know what's going on inside of his inside of his head. I don't know if he just doesn't want to make make a mistake and mess with LeBron or gets shipped out. I don't know what's going on there, but he was more troubling to me than than anybody else. Kuzma's going to be good. Ingram will be fine. But Lonzo, it, it just feels like he's the piece. If he's good, the team will be good. You need that guy. You need the guy who doesn't want to score, who just wants to make everyone else happy. And he's not there. He's not there yet. But, yeah, they look rough. They gave 197 points to the Spurs with no point guard. It's a, It's a right. rough time right now.
0: And you can't panic too much because they did lose two of their five best players for an entire week because of that fight. Right. Um, I like Ingram.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like Kuzma. Mm-hmm. I like Josh Hart. Mm-hmm. I like LeBron. Mm-hmm. And I like Rondo. Right. I can go to war with those five guys. Yeah. Unfortunately, none of those guys can protect the rim or, or play center or guard anybody over 6'8". And that's the fundamental problem with this team right now. Now, they just need to tread water... Until mid December when you're allowed to trade the contracts that you signed in the summer. And right. then they could package Lance and JaVale and Caldwell Pope and whatever else and try to get somebody else. The question is, would they want to take a contract that goes past this year? Because, you know, people think they're trying to save their cash space. I saw our friend Ryan Rosillo, who hosts a very good podcast called Dual Threat on the Ringer Podcast Network. He was on Scott Van Pelt show Friday advancing a theory that I had also heard in basketball circles as well. And he was the first one I'd heard bringing up publicly. He was saying people aren't sure that there's going to be this huge rush from all stars and younger stars to go play with LeBron and that LeBron maybe thought people are coming this year, whether it was Kawhi or Jimmy Butler or whoever. And Kawhi didn't want, you know, didn't push his way there. Um, Jimmy Butler, he wasn't on the list of teams Butler wanted to go to. And the question is, like, do, do people under 30 who are good at basketball want to go out of their way to play with LeBron James? Russillo said he was feeling like the, it, the people that he's talked to in the NBA, that maybe the answer is no. And I've heard a little of the same. Question is, for you, if you were under 30 and you were good at basketball, would you want to play with LeBron after you've seen what's how what's happened with him the last 10 years in Cleveland and Miami and then in Cleveland again?
1: No, I think there's been enough talk among those players of of guys who have played with him. The Kyrie thing is the most hurtful in that respect. But people Yeah, Kyrie have, fled from him. Yeah, people who have played with him and then be like, "All right, that was cool. See ya." Like why is that happening? There's got to be something there so if I'm under thirty I'm a young guy I'm in the league like it's a situation where I go, oh yeah, that's probably the greatest player of all time, but i'm gonna I'm gonna you know I wanna play with somebody else I don't know it's weird so, to watch, so he's got you know obviously
0: can we agree Kevin Love, although he did win a ring, maybe overall didn't love the experience of being in LeBron's orbit there for four years. I would guess he didn't
1: love it. No. I mean, it
0: seems like he had a lot of issues with it. Um, And it's almost like he had a little Stockholm syndrome with it after a while. But the reason I bring that up is, you know, these guys all come up in the same classes and like somebody like Kevin Love, he was class 08. He is connected to all these people from the class 07, which was the Durant Al Horford class. You know, oh eight and then the oh nine class, which was, you know, I think it was Boogie Cousins and who else was in there? Derek Rose. Mm-hmm. No, Derek Rose was 08. But all those guys are around the same. They're all playing against each other. Hey, you they all know each other. And they all like Kevin Love. Kevin Love, I think, is one of the most popular guys from that whole kind of three-year era. And they kind of saw what went on with him the last few years and how he became the scapegoat a lot of times, things like that. Then you go to Kyrie, who's 2010. So now he's friends with the 0-9, 2010, 2011 guys. So that's a five-year window now of Kyrie and Love. Everybody from those five years of people knowing somebody directly who played with LeBron. Yeah, and if neither of them liked the experience, I would think that I would think that carries some weight. I guess is my point. Yeah, that and would, I, and I agree with Rassilo.
1: I, I think there is something to this. Yeah, there has to be. It'd be the same as if, if uh, you know, people who had worked for you left and they were like, mm, don't go, like, that's all it takes. Just don't go there. Oh, and I'd fucking somebody, kill those people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Those wild. people
0: will I'll send Michael Myers to their house.
1: <laughs> the Lakers this year, when you're, I'm listening to you say all of the names on the, like, your five guys that you would go to war with. Every name yeah. you said on there, I was like, yeah, definitely, I want that guy. I want that guy. I want that guy. Right. But altogether... It doesn't make sense. Do you remember the movie Pearl Harbor? Yeah. From, what was that? Like early 2000s? Of course. But it was like the same thing. Like Ben Affleck, I'm in. Josh Hartnett, I'm in. Jennifer Garner, Alec Baldwin, Cuba Gooding Jr., Michael Shannon. Like all names of people I want to see in movies. And then the movie happened and you're like, what is this? It just doesn't fit together. That's what the Lakers are right now. It's weird to watch.
0: So they need to survive this Ingram Rondo thing and then- Get to December so that they're not too far out of the race. Which I think when you have LeBron James on your team. You're never out of the you're race. You're never with gonna LeBron. be too far of it. And then they need to make a trade and they need to get somebody who can play in crunch time as the five. They need- even if it's a power forward, it doesn't matter. It's it can't be LeBron at the five, I don't
1: think. No, they need a they need a Rashid Wallace. That's what they need. They need, yeah, when, any, when Detroit Pistons did that, they need, th- they need that player to come in and then you win a championship. That's all you need. Good luck. Good luck finding them. You know, uh, there was a little Kobe. <laughs> I know some Lakers.
0: <laughs> I put it out there on Twitter just for fun and people get so mad. Like the Laker fans can't <laughs> even joke about the Kobe LeBron thing. I, I said, the, I did a tweet, the Lakers are missing one guy today and that guy's name is Kobe Bryant. And half the people were like, fuck yeah, right on. And the other half were like, Fuck you. <laughs> but uh it was it was just, you know, I think the longer they that he doesn't come through at the end of games, like the missing two free throws, mm-hmm. there is gonna be a little groundswell
1: of Wow, well, Kobe would have made those. Two two things here. Number one, I love that you called it I did a tweet. I love that. <laughs> I number did th- a tweet, yeah. <laughs> I did a tweet. I made a poopy tweet. Number number two. The LeBron that was the LeBron experience last night was to Watch him hit that pull up thirty five footer to tie the game with two seconds left, and then yeah. miss the two free throws at the end. Like everything you want in a LeBron James game was right there on either side of the argument. Because you can be like, "Oh, he choked." The other side, well, they don't get there without the clutch shot that he hit. Like that's just LeBron is everything to all people at all times. He's the best part of the. Well, he made league, a mistake sure. at the end. So you left out a third piece. Okay, what was it? He should have gone by Rudy
0: Gay and gotten to the rim. He would have gotten any call. The crowd's going nuts, and he's LeBron James, his second best player of all time. If you breathe on him, he's going to the free throw line. Here's the problem: he didn't want to get fouled.
1: Oh, he didn't you, want to take the for us. Yeah. Oh,
0: I hundred percent. I not even a theory. Okay. He he. If you watch that play. He had a step on Rudy Gay. Uh-huh. He knows LeBron James knows what to do and how to get to the free throw line if he's got his defender on his hip. But he didn't want it. He didn't want to go to the rim. He didn't want to get fouled. So he ended up takes this twenty-two foot hero ball fall shot. And, you know, this has been a, a theme of his in his career for better and worse. Well, he'll have these stretches where he just doesn't want to go to the free throw line. Then he'll have other stretches where he's making all of his free throws.
1: There's there's Bill, there's no way you can convince me LeBron James was afraid in the third game of a season at home. He was afraid to shoot free throws. There's no way you're going to convince me of that. Not LeBron. Maybe 12 years ago you would have, but not the LeBron we know today. He just wasn't afraid. no. I'm not, I think he was just. Tired. I'm not saying maybe he just. I'm tired. not saying
0: he's afraid in general.
1: No, I I'm know, saying, but in that moment, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a basketball moment you can put him in right now. Where you can say he's afraid. Of- I have news for you. I have news for you. I just put him in that moment. No. <laughs>
0: I just did it. There's no he had, way. He had just missed the two free throws, and he did not want to go back to the line. I don't
1: I'm know. I'm convinced.
0: I, you I, watch that play. That I is a guy disagree. who did not want to go to the free throw line again. Well, let's disagree. I like disagreeing All on right. this
1: podcast. All right.
0: Hey, last thing. We got to talk about the fight, because I didn't talk about that on Sunday day. Okay. I I flew to Boston yesterday. And I had ESPN on with no headphones on. I was on JetBlue. And they just showed the fight over and over again for six straight hours. It was great. I love they, it. They just over and over again, different angles. Um, do you think Rondo spit on Chris Paul?
1: Yes, he definitely spit on Chris Paul. They have not was liked it, each other for a long time, those two guys.
0: Yeah, they have a twelve year beef. Yeah. But he had a mouthpiece in. Uh-huh. How do you spit with a mouthpiece in? Um, it it was kind of a half ass spit if it was a spit. Was it like a sneaky spit? Like one of those, I'm going to
1: spit under my breath at you and nobody will really notice? That's exactly what it was. Rajon Rondo is smarter than all of everybody in the NBA, except for maybe like two people. If anybody could figure out how to spit with a mouthpiece in, it's going to be Rajon Rondo. If anybody would do that, it would be Rajon Rondo. I love that Chris Paul went after him after that. I think if that's Clippers Chris Paul, we don't get that fight. But Houston Chris Paul, they raise you a little bit different in Houston. Like you're gonna get a fist fight when you do that to somebody in Houston from Houston. Had that been Gerald Green, it would have been fucking atomic war in there because he had grown up there. But right, Chris right, right, Paul right. has been in Houston for several months and he's already fighting guys. Uh, I love it. Or I mean over a year now, but he's great.
0: Can I can I offer a counter? All right. Was he mad enough that Rondo spit in his face if Rondo did? Yeah, for sure. He did, He put a finger back in his face. Rondo hit him with a two piece, landed one, missed the other. They separated him.
1: Oh, don't. Should Chris Chris Chris, Paul have
0: done the Michael Myers? Should he have just kept coming back? Should have taken like 10 guys to get between them?
1: No, Chris got his in. Chris got two shots on Rondo. He got the uppercut, bing, and then the other one, bang. It was good. Like that's the the escalation that that should have followed. We're going to get into each other's faces. Rondo's going to be like, okay, I'm going to take this next step. I'm going to spit on you. Chris Paul, yeah. I'm going to take this uh, the next step. I'm going to put my finger in your face, which is yeah. more disrespectful to put, it, it, and really put it to mush you in the face. And then Rondo was like, well, here we go. I got to put my hands on you. And then Chris Paul came back. I got to put my hands on you now. Like that was the order it was supposed to go in. Nobody overreacted or underreacted. That was exactly the series of events that needs to take place in that moment.
0: How'd you score the fight? Draw, or you gave the slight edge to Chris Paul?
1: I'm giving a slight edge to Chris Paul. He got in two clean shots. Rondo got in one and a half shots with the I didn't for feel the like spit. the
0: shots were that I, I liked Rondo's left jab, I thought, <laughs> won the fight. I it was a really he really like tagged him with it. Um this did bring up something that is very important to me because nobody loves NBA fights more than me. I've probably spent more time searching YouTube and dark corners of the internet to find fights than maybe anyone you've ever met. The best fights are when it's two guards. Absolutely. When it's big guys, first of all, the big muscle guys can't throw and they end up like the, like the worst fight of all time was Larry Johnson versus Alonzo morning. Mm -hmm. They're just throwing bombs that are missing by seven feet. Um, you want like, it's almost like in boxing where the best fights are always like the welterweights, the, the, uh, Super lightweights, the junior middleweights, like that kind of weight class because you got speed and strength. So Rondo, Chris
1: Paul is almost like a dream matchup. That's a perfect fight. We see this in the movies all the time when the people get bigger and bigger and bigger and then you've got like these giant monsters fighting each other. Yeah. Pacific Rim is not any fun to watch because they're so big. They move so slow, whatever. But if you get a movie where it's like, like the one where it was Jet Li versus Jet Li. Like, now we're talking. And that's what Rondo Chris Paul was. Two guys who have been smaller than everybody on the basketball court their whole lives. And they have lived in that world where you have to be extra aggressive and extra mean. They've probably been, I would guess, between the two of them, in 25 fights in their life. Basketball-related fights. They knew, like,
0: they're ready. Two assholes. Two, uh, Two Napoleon complex assholes who carry themselves, and I mean that endearingly, who carry themselves, like, with this... Are you looking at me? You got a problem? What's yeah, exactly. going on? Like both of those dudes will throw down or think about throwing down. Um, I I I think in an actual fight, if it was in a ring, I think Rondo wins. I think he's got the reach. He's, he's got the I reach. Think he's a freakish athlete. Um, I think he can bend. You know, he's, he can bend his, his body elbows, ways. His
1: elbow bend.
0: That's going to be like a super yeah. punch somehow. Yeah, uh, I think I I give him the thing going away. I really enjoyed it. I even like Brandon Ingram coming in with the wild miss. Like I oh, I, 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 I knew Steven Jackson was going to weigh in the next day with his appreciation for Brandon Ingram's trying mm-hmm. to uh, knock somebody's head off. Nobody got hurt. I liked when Carmelo got mad at Brandon Ingram the next day about how there's no place in basketball for that. Meanwhile, he punched Marty Collins and ran backwards 50, <laughs> 50 feet. In 2006. I remember that one. We have to pretend that didn't happen apparently with Carmelo. Uh, I love the bad blood, though.
1: I think this is great. This is the league we grew up with. Yeah, Give me bad
0: blood. This Nobody is, got hurt.
1: This is the best thing that could have happened. It was like the first Lakers home game, right? Yeah. Like the number one, the very first time we they get to play at home. Everybody's already watching. And then it erupts into this tic-tac fight. Like It was great. It was great, Bill.
0: I like Brandon Ingram more than ever. And I loved his F you shove a Harden that started the whole thing where yeah. he was just like, you know what, you, not only did you, did you throw your body into me and actually elbow me and somehow I got the foul call, but now you're bitching to the ref F you and just shoved him. It was great. There was so much disdain to it.
2: Mm-hmm. It actually
0: made me wonder if James Harden took a little bit of a hit, you know, in the, in the hierarchy, because. You know, he's the reigning MVP right now. There should be a little more respect for James Harden. <laughs> Brandon Ingram was like, screw you, dude. Get the F out of here.
1: Yeah. Brandon was kind not Brandon that. was not interested in, in participating in James Harden's highlight reel.
0: Um, all right. We're gonna wrap it up. Uh Shay, you are working on a podcast. The rumors are true. We're we're gonna have details much later, but I know I know people are asking for a Shay podcast. We we do have something, something brewing. Something's yeah. in the lab. It's going to be things in the
1: factory. It's going to be really offensive and inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's been taking so long. <laughs> uh, all right, it was good talking
0: to you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Bill. All right, before we get to Quavo, this episode is brought to you by an all-new season of the Showtime original series Ray Donovan, starring Liev Schreiber. John Voigt and Susan Sarandon, L.A.'s top fixer, has left Hollywood and all of its dirt behind. But guess what? New York City is its own seedy underbelly. Ray is quickly lured back into burying the secrets of the powerful and political. His professional and personal turmoil threatened to drag him down. But Ray always finds a way to take control. Keep up with all the action on your own terms. Stream, download, or watch it live. Just be sure not to miss out. The new season of Ray Donovan premieres Sunday, October 28th. At 9 o'clock, only on Showtime. To try a free month of Showtime, go to Showtime.com. Enter code BS. The offer is for first-time subscribers only and expires on October 31st. And since we're here, let's also talk about our friends at FanDuel. You know, football season's underway. Many people have regrets about their season-long fantasy teams. I'm not one of them. Cousin Sal is. He's 0-7 in our league. He's terrible. He's terrible. I also love Daily Fantasy. If you spend all off-season researching and getting excited for the draft, um, why not do it during the season? Why not do it with FanDuel? Play FanDuel all season like me. You get the excitement of researching and building your team each week regardless of the outcome. It's never been more fun or easy to play. I play in the Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week, a free contest. All you need to do is pick winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. I'm starting to heat up. I might actually tell you my my uh, my Fanduel team this week, so you can track it yourself. I'm in the last podcast of the week. I'm going to do that. I've tried other DF sites bef- DFS sites before. If you're not a fantasy expert, Fanduel is clearly the place to play. Plus, new users get a five dollar bonus when they make the first deposit. Come play with me at Fanduel.com/slash bs. All right, here's the interview we did with Cuevo from Migos. I would say one of the hottest stars in music right now. Um, and also an awesome guy, and also a really interesting guy who had a chance to potentially be an athlete and chose music instead. But we did a lot of stuff, including one of the best ideas I've come up with in a while. It involves the Super Bowl, we'll get to it. But I'm very excited about this idea. And I demand at least credit if it happens. Just credit, just respect. Just give me the respect I deserve for a great idea. Every once in a while, I have a good idea. Anyway, here he is, Cueva. Well, it's really hard for me to impress my son, but last week we were backstage at the Migo Strait concert. We met Cuevo. Mm-hmm. Um, he successfully put off a handshake with you. I was very proud. <laughs> And then you admired his Jordans, and you said he was dripping. And he got to go to school on Monday and tell everyone at school how <laughs> excited he was. Yeah. He felt very validated. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yes, man. He's only ten years old, but it was, yeah. was a, it was a highlight for him. This it's all about
2: that's, that's what that's what I do it for. <laughs> for real.
0: Uh, that concert was awesome. Thank you. And it was like, so it was what four day four nights at Staples, and then you moved to the Forum
2: mm-hmm. and do the same. It's just high, high energy the just us and drake got so many records that go that's going in the clubs and just you know what I'm saying going throughout your cars and throughout your speakers it's just it's just crazy and 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 just putting us both in one building and just playing all our hits and all our catalog it's like a non-stop party
0: so you came out you played for like 50 minutes something yeah. like that 55 minutes there's a break drake came out mm-hmm. He did his whole thing. And then you guys came out, yeah. and then Drake eventually disappeared because he's got to, what does he got to do? Hydrate? What's yeah, he, he going to do?
2: He's going He's going too crazy.
0: So, what happens when Drake goes backstage? When he's he
2: between the go, sets? He probably just go fuel up real quick and come back out. Just kind of like a basketball game. Quick sub, real quick. To <laughs> get a massage? Massage yeah. table? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> some Gatorade? Yeah, some Gatorade. A trainer yeah. back there working at his hamstrings. It's, it's all laid out, yeah. <laughs> well one
0: thing I noticed with so the stage is laid out. It's basically even bigger than a yeah, basketball like, court. Yeah, it's the and same. And you guys
2: are all moving around. It's like actually it, the same size of a basketball court. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are burning some calories though. Yeah. It's like suicides every night.
0: So you gotta say you got a big training session beforehand?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we 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 play basketball off season just to keep the cardio going. I mean off uh, on the off, not off season, off, uh, on the off days. Just on the off days, the yeah. cardio going.
0: Yeah, I was, Drake, because you guys at least, in Migos there's three of you and you have, you know, the three of you are out there and you got the awesome DJ in
2: the middle with the whole yeah. stand. And Drake goes out, he's just by himself with his mic. Yeah, he got the full stage. And he, and he. But the stage production makes up for a yeah. lot of the, the floor. You know what I mean? The floor, yeah, the floor is crazy. Changing. 3D screen come down. I don't want to tell too much because you you know I don't want the people to miss it, but it's crazy. It's all over the you got a flying Ferrari.
0: I have a secret for you. I think people have seen it on yeah social seen it. media. Like, yeah, and it, it's like when there's a surprise guest or whatever. That thing's on Twitter, and Instagram in five seconds. You just True. see like you don't see highlights. the naked the naked I mean? lady swimming underneath exactly. his feet and stuff. Exactly. What the? How would you describe the the clothes that you guys are wearing? Because they uh, look like six million dollar man spacesuits crossed yes, with like
2: yes, you're exactly right.
0: So is that for like the uh the athleticism
2: dollar... of it? Is it nice and light? Nice and light, cool, keep got some cool uh vents in it. You know, we we, we went we went to uh we went to NASA and got the suits prepped. Shut up. Did you really? I would have believed that. Hey man, Did he, you really go to NASA? I can imagine what the Migos do. You went to NASA? Had to get those cool suits. You know, we got takeoff, you know, he the rocket. So we had to like go down there and get real <laughs> s- scientific facts for the suits. Are people allowed to buy
0: those in stores or it's just like you have uh, the only actually, ones? We,
2: actually, we're coming with like a replica three 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 piece day suits uh, for Halloween. So, yeah.
0: This is important information because my son has not decided who he wants to be
2: for Halloween Oh, yet. my God. He's going to go crazy when he sees these Is this going to be
0: available? Do you have it for 10-year-olds?
2: Yes, I got the suit right. Like I got, We we just got the uh, mock-ups. And so hopefully we get it this year. But if not, it will be around next year. We he was going to
0: go as John Wick. But if he could go as Quavo, it's happening.
2: Yeah, I'll get him the red suit ASAP. He'll be, he'll I'm going to try ready. to get him one before would you have to do the maybe grill or he, no how far is it one, on one, one of one one <laughs> one it's the it's the uh, stage suit okay it's the stage suit you know we come out of different colors like red yellow and what's and it's the stage suit with the straps on it and it's crazy
0: i mean that's a great halloween to because you need you get two friends so it's like a threesome the exactly. three of you come up with the costume exactly. that's exactly. that'd be a nice one so when you have these off days how often do you hit the nba arenas up to play basketball there
2: uh, whenever I'm in the town, like Houston, we watch uh, uh, James practice. I'm just watching. And then after they left, we got to shoot around and kick it. Uh, Philly, we went to the Philly stadium. Ben unlocked the door for us and me, the hoop. Oh, Ben did? Yeah. Uh, everywhere we go, they unlock the gym because they know how bad we like to play ball. Yeah, so... We pretty much got good. It's access. weird though, right? With the no fans in the, because nah, we we played either. at
0: Staples a couple of times. It's the depth perception of the basket, the
2: glass backboard oh, nah, with we, the no. No, nah, not not in the exact arena because our stage is there, so we we, we came. Oh, perform. so you play in the practice yeah, center? We, oh, the I got practice you. Practice facility, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: you know your legacy. You've had a very good career so far, yes. but uh, really your legacy for me is the celebrity game. Thank you. Thank you. You came. You came out of nowhere. Kid from the streets of Atlanta. Nobody was expecting much. <laughs> and you came in. We, we, what'd you have? Like 21? I had 19. 19. You were
2: late. You, they, yeah. you didn't get the ball enough, though. Yeah, and I was just, yeah, off with like rebounds. And I Not even. But this year I'm gonna try to go for a 30 piece. Can we tell the story how
0: they were they you were like a late addition to the celebrity yeah, game? Yeah. They didn't even realize that
2: you were famous. Yeah, yeah. Actually, me and Justin B was like late, but obviously they know why he was put in but wasn't
0: the story like they were using one of your songs for the celebrity weekend yeah. and they asked for permission and you were like well you guys just said
2: i couldn't be in the celebrity game and then yeah, they're like wait yeah. who are you <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> like that but it was tough for me to get in and it was and how is was was it tough
0: for you to get in that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard
2: it was know. the best idea to have you in yeah it was it well was. you got to put up a
0: 40 piece next year i'm gonna try No.
2: You should be the new we'll Kevin Hart of the double. Celebrity
0: Game, except you're actually good at basketball.
2: Yeah, I got to do a double-double. Triple-double. <laughs>
0: Triple, double. I coached a game in uh, 2014. I was the coach on one side and Jalen was the coach on the other. And we picked teams and I ended up with Kevin Hart and he lost me the game. He had like 14 turnovers. But I had Michael B. Jordan on my team, who's actually really good at basketball and yeah, played he, in high school. Mm. And I was like, so Jalen and I made this big bet. And I was like, I got this. I got Michael B. Jordan. And he just didn't get the ball enough. He was like getting mad on the sidelines. So I'm like trying to calm Michael B. Jordan Word, down. I felt like game? a real coach. Yeah, at the celebrity <laughs> game. I'm trying to calm him down. Uh, and he ended up, he missed four free throws down the stretch. That's I lost happened. to Jalen.
2: I missed two free throws, but not back to back. It was like one, missed one. I could have had 20. I think we had like a bet. So if I got 20 and I end up with 19, I was so sick.
0: Bieber's pretty good at basketball.
2: It's yeah, he, that, that's also unexpected. Yeah, he's pretty good. He can hoop. Left hand. He shoots yeah. with the left.
0: Who else, Who are the other celebrities you respect as hoopers?
2: Uh, I like Drake game. Drake game is, is calm, settle kind of like. What's that? What's his game like? He kind of floats around the three, play light D. Oh, really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get back to the three. You got to like. Run out there every time because you don't know where the hell yet he on the floor. It sounds like he should be in the rackets. Yeah, he, he, like to, he like to dance around the three-point line a lot.
0: So he's like a stretch four? What is he? He's like a shifty. He plays off the ball or does he have the ball? No,
2: nah, he don't have the ball. That's what I'm saying. He's just so sneaking like, around. He's just sneaking yeah. around, catching screens. You know, the whole team looking out for him. So they like. Oh, yeah, because they want to pass the Drake. Yeah, so he might get up and hit him, knock it down. So yeah, he's no.
0: like a Clay Thompson.
2: You you forget no, he's not out like there? It. It's, not that, it's not that wet. It's not that wet. No, no, no. <laughs> what is it? He, he liked to move like Clay.
0: So, and everybody who, who works for him and with him is probably interested in getting him the balls, which yeah, is possible. triple
2: screens, double screens, I'm like going through a maze the whole game.
0: They always say that. I've talked to a couple different people. who used to be in Obama's games when he was in the White House.
2: Yeah.
0: And it was, They said he's actually good at basketball, but it was also you didn't want to like really totally D up Obama because he's the president. Yeah, so when yeah, he's going I'm, left, you kind of let him go left?
2: No, nah, if Obama, I play Obama, I'm, I got to I gotta lock him down. You're going at him? I'm going at him. Does Obama play anymore? He still plays. Oh, we got
0: to arrange this. Let's they, do it. There's got to be some sort of...
2: Uh, I would like to play on his team, though. I don't want to play against him. This is like historic... Well, yeah, you, you have yeah, the lefty thing. Yeah, he left. we, got, we got a lefty thing going.
0: Well, the lefty thing is, I I, I retired three years ago, in case you are wondering. I know it was on okay, your mind okay. when I stopped playing. But um, the lefty thing, everybody always forgets about the lefties, that they actually go left. Exactly. And you remember it, and then 15 minutes passes, and the guy's going by, you're like, oh, fuck, he's lefty.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. an advantage. Yeah, James taught me a couple moves, too. So I'm, Did he teach you how to travel? Yeah, he taught me. You didn't take four steps for a shot? Yeah, he taught me the, those steps right there. It's two-step gather.
0: What uh, What kind of pressure, because you have this new album out
2: mm-hmm. that Quavo came out Huncho. last Friday. Yep, Quavo Huncho.
0: What kind of pressure do you get from the NBA stars to get name-dropped in your album? Do they mention it? Are they curious? Are they expecting no,
2: it? It, come, it? If you balling and doing your job and, and, and nine times out of ten an all-star, you're going to get your name called. Right. And then I, I only call it my, my personal partners, you know. So,
0: is it? Do you think it's like a rite of passage for NBA players? Like Jason Tatum, my favorite player right now. It's time for him to get mentioned in a song. I feel like this is gonna be his <laughs> breakout year. Yeah. yeah so he, it's he, just a matter of what his first he, song he, is gonna
2: he, be. He, he'll get a he, he'll get a shout out most definitely.
0: So let's say you were you went into you're writing a song, and you're like, I gotta work Jason Tatum into this. Well, would would you do it organically or would you actually think about how to do it? He's calling right now. He wants to be in your <laughs> no. Do you how does the process work?
2: It's just out the dome. Just out the dome.
0: You don't even know how it works. Like it just it just happens.
2: Yeah, it just happened. So when you're writing, what's the process? Uh I, I haven't wrote a song. Are you since... pen and paper? you No, nah, I'm just I, like this, the microphone in front of me and I have my computer right here. I'm just hitting record. Oh, and you're I just record. freelancing the whole time. Yeah, and I record and just lay down records and then hit the space bar. Stop. Just look what he doing. Just nephew like Kyle. That. I swear that's nephew Kyle, sir. That's that's nothing, nothing different. So that's how I've been recording my whole career.
0: Well, when but with Migos, so you had two other people. So how'd that work?
2: I get out the way and let
0: them record a verse. <laughs> Scoot the chair back. So it wasn't like you guys weren't what you would do here, what you would do there, it's just nobody knew what the other nah, person would, was going to do. And
2: normally we would like make records away from each other because we did like always butt in and make each other say bars. Like when we first came in, like, no, nah, don't say that, say this. Right. So now we get to where we just record ourselves and then we be like, hey, this is a smash. Get on this one. This is a smash. You got to get on this one. Oh, this bad and bullshit. Oh, shit. I had to jump on it in L.A. I recorded that record in L.A. Offset had already made the record. And like with Fight Night Takeoff had, I think, I want to say like he had like, a couple bars. I came in and just said hit it with. It. I said not nah, the pussy. I like Fight Night. Say that part. <laughs> I walked off. Next thing you know, he had the whole smash. <laughs> like he just everybody like we we feed off each other. And then sometimes we, we be like no, nah, don't don't come in. Let me let me kill it.
0: So, so when you were doing Fight Club, did you realize that it was going to be the fight greatest night. song? Fight, fight Night. Did you realize it was going to be the greatest song of the decade?
2: Uh, no, I knew it was going to be great, but I didn't know it was going to be one of the greatest songs. That was I one about. That was how music. I found out about you guys. Yeah.
0: Remember Brown at Landon's own?
2: Yeah,
0: I was I was having a holiday party for Grantland, and I was like, I need some new songs. Tell me, it was like what was it, 2013 or 2014, 2014? somewhere yeah. one of those years, and. Uh, I was like, I need some new songs, and he sent me like five songs, and I heard that, and I, and I was in the car, I was texting him in the car. I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is amazing." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Then we Atlanta. shot the
2: video. We shut down the whole uh, Fox Theater and the street, Peace Street. Shut down the whole like road for the video. It was epic. Julio came out. Um, I, I took for- his car in the video. His car in one of the vi- in in the video. Yeah, Julio White Ferrari in the video.
0: So when did he make? When did he befriend you guys?
2: Uh, he's good friends with my CEO uh, P, and we we've been friends ever since. You know, they've been locked in, but we just know him off of meeting him with through P. So ever since then, it's just been organic.
0: So was he like Versace early, or was he like no, you he waited till like Atlanta
2: early? Julio been around since he first came to Atlanta.
0: When you were on Atlanta, did you realize that, like, all the beams were crossing? Yeah. Um, with all making, these different Atlanta things were just— It started that making sense. I mean,
2: because we, we're part of Atlanta culture, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Being from the north side of Atlanta, we—you know what I'm saying? Everything that come through Atlanta now got to come through us or, you know what I'm saying, our label, our family that's that running Atlanta because it's all like a family tree, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's how we feel with, like, the Super Bowl— which is going to be now in Atlanta. And they did the halftime and they, they did not pick no Atlanta natives at all. They they picked Maroon Five. That wasn't good enough? I mean, not discredit, <laughs> no, not the down talk Maroon. 5. They, they not great. No, they're they're you talented. You know what I'm saying? But they're not from not, Atlanta. They're they not from Atlanta. I mean, Super Bowl's performance is not about where they're from anyway, but it's just this one is, would be would have been organic. You know what I mean? Like, even getting. Uh, shit, a Georgian country or rock singer or something like, like just to, just to be a part of, you know what I'm saying? The South and to show the Southern tradition. You know what I mean? If you want to do traditional things, NFL, which they always do. Well, what
0: they should, you with, know, what they should have done. Yeah, what they should have done. They, they, and it they don't should get have been the vote they,
2: from the players. They should like let the players vote because all the dance moves, all the style, all the way of life, that they, you know what I'm saying? Put in the game is like all like hip hop. It's all cultural things. You know what I mean?
0: So, what would have been your dream Super Bowl halftime? You guys are there.
2: Us can we there. get Outkast? You can get Outkast. Gucci? Gucci for sure. Who else? Even, we want to see T.I. out there. Um, You can have Lil John come crank the crowd. You know what I'm saying? We love Lil John. CeeLo <laughs> Green. You we got a lot of people. That's a lot
0: of people for 20 but minutes I'm just, though. It,
2: but Everybody gets their own, like, one minute, to you know what I'm saying? we It's a cultural thing. You pop up like, boom, boom. Damn, you just hit them with a timeline of Atlanta culture. You know what I mean? See, it was such
0: a missed opportunity in so many ways. And it, For sure. And then you realized that— And you could
2: have topped it off with the ludicrous Jermaine pre welcome oh to God. Atlanta. But here's new the thing— style with a little Migos, and we could have intertwined that with— We could have went in the lab and, like, created a new— Welcome to Atlanta with us and Jermaine and Luda. Perform that. Outcast come out, do it with CeeLo Green, Lil John, crank the crowd up. What? How can you turn that down? So here's what has to happen
0: Maroon 5 has to do the right thing and bow out. They just have to leave and say, you know what? We're blocking one of the great pop culture moments of all time. That's a lot of and... money
2: Maroon 5 going to turn, turn, <laughs> turn down, but. We'll, we'll, we'll straighten you out, Maroon.
0: Here's why it didn't happen. I don't know if you know this, but the NFL is owned by a bunch of old, rich, white guys and probably didn't understand one of the names that you just mentioned. It's all good. I, I, I guarantee it. they didn't even talk about it, because if they had talked to anybody who knew anything, they would have been like, why you do- guys realize you could have the greatest Atlanta music ever. Why can't you ever? Uh,
2: let the players vote or let the players decide on the halftime? Have you seen how the owners treat the players in the NFL? Exactly. Yeah. So at least give that
0: to the players. Well, so maybe, I'm not willing to give this up yet. Maybe NBA, because you know the NBA loves NBA, sticking it to the NFL.
2: Always, NBA is But
0: the maybe culture. they do that for All-Star Weekend. They have, they're like the Atlanta get-together. No, perform- but they get everybody.
2: Yep, yeah, that'll be dope. But I credit the NBA because they do their job. You know what I mean? They they respect the culture. And they let us perform, us and for real last year. And like you said, let me play. Let me let me get in late. You know what I'm saying? They do stuff kind of, you know, the cultural way. Like straight up, they do they do it the right way. Let people have a chance to speak. I think NFL need to kind of open that open that door a little bit. Let the players, you know, express themselves. They doing it with the touchdown dance, but I feel like yeah, it's it's like
0: they're allowing it. Yeah, all right, we'll let you guys do this one because of
2: so much tight things going on.
0: You played football in high school, yes. and are known as one of the better uh, music athletes we have. Yes. Who's your competition? Who's your competition in the hip hop slash athlete pantheon?
2: Nobody, not better than us. Yeah. We we always win games. I don't. I, everybody I don't play. I don't want a game on, on them. So. Can't what was you were you me. best
0: at football or, or basketball?
2: I was best at football, but don't nobody want to play football no more. You can't play pickup football. Did you think about so, playing in college? Uh no. Nah. The music started controlling me right after high school. What
0: does controlling
2: you mean? Like,
0: like you just like, that was in this this your blood, you could feel yeah. it.
2: Yeah, this is my life. I'm putting all my money into myself, investing my money into my craft, paying DJs, hitting the clubs, buying drinks. Uh, buying CDs, trying to paint the world without flyers, and, you know, just doing, like, groundwork. How much of the tradition that Atlanta
0: had built up musically over since the early mid-90s, basically, Uh, led to you wanting to do it?
2: Just just when I was growing up, I used to see all the rappers hang out together, you know what I mean? And it looked so cool instead of just beefing. Yeah. And... Other artists like up, t- like not like in New York, and they had like separation because they was beefing. You had like Fifty Cent versus Ja Rule, and you had these different, these different people beefing. They wasn't like together, you know? right? And in Atlanta, our artists was together. You had Sha Lowe, Gucci Mane. I think T T I was the only one that kind of like, you know what I'm saying? But
0: he was they, say.
2: yeah, they had their own family, like Grand Hustle had their own family, and they was smoking, then, you know? So just seeing like the togetherness, like really like instilled into our minds. So when we grew up, we wanted to make music and be together with all our peers, and that's how it is today. We you, we make music with everybody from Atlanta, and that's how Atlanta went, and we uplift each artist.
0: Do you feel like the biggest stars are now smart? Like, like when did Drake reach out to you guys? Uh, like five years ago?
2: Yeah, because he yeah. was on one of
0: your first songs. Yeah,
2: Versace. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, two thousand twelve.
2: Yeah, thirteen, I think. But
0: that's like a great move by Drake, right? He sees like yeah. the young, up and comers with possible talent. Yeah. And he gets in with you guys, and then you love Drake from that point on.
2: I mean, he basically once you know, once if you're a great artist, you know. Who's gonna be great, you know? And right. You can hear it, you can see it, you can see how they move, you can watch how they move. You, even if it need to be sharpened, you know what I'm saying? Even if it need growth. And that's how I feel he he what he's seen. Right. I think that's just one of the
0: biggest things that's changed with hip hop the last ten, twelve years is the the big dudes. Actually I guess it started back with Jay-Z, but um but like when I was my generation, the early mid nineties, everybody was kind of against each other, or they would team up. And now I'd say it seems like it's much more of a community. Yes, this is better
2: because it leads to more collaborations. Yeah, and, it leads to more collaborations and, and helps helps more moments. Like yeah, like you got Maroon, like you say Maroon Five got the got the halftime, but they still got a song with our sister Cardi B. So I would love to even see them bring her out. That'll that'll make us, that'll make me proud. And you know what I'm saying make. The boys proud and us proud too. So that's no, a good
0: career move if they do that.
2: You know what I'm
0: saying? You could do a diss track about Maroon Five before the Super nah, Bowl. For
2: what? <laughs> it's not Maroon. Maybe the most it's unexpected for it's, it's the people
0: who didn't choose us. You could do it. Yeah, did diss track in the NFL. Nah. The 32 owners. That's the title of the song. 32 <laughs> owners.
2: <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm straight.
0: Could you have played football in college? Uh, yeah. So yeah, what? What was what style? Were you like a like a Mahomes type style? RG3? No. Were you, were you like scrambled around or were you pocket like a, passer
2: or what were you? I was like a scrambling I was like a scrambling pocket passer. Like, like Mahomes. A, yeah, like scramble outside the pocket and and look down the field still.
0: And lefty. Mhm. Not a lot of lefty QBs. Yeah, not a lot. I'm trying to think who's the best lefty QB. Michael Vick. Yeah, that has to be it, right? I'm trying how many lefty QBs
2: is there? Scott Mitchell?
0: Yeah, uh, not a lot of good ones.
2: That's the best one to, in my book, Vic. Best What's Michael
0: there. Vic mean to Atlanta right now?
2: Because uh, I
0: know people felt like he let he let Atlanta down, but now there it seems like there's been a renaissance.
2: Yeah, well, I mean we we love him. He 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 helped shape the culture. You know what I'm saying? He changed the game. We could have, I wish we would have had him longer. We would have been a lot successful. Um, and Rod, he, he helped Rowdy White career. He ended up, you know what I'm saying, retiring yeah. in Atlanta and ended up being like one of the most, having like the most connections, him and Rowdy, in history in Atlanta. So I, they made history. Let's take a break to
0: talk about Simply safe. There's one thing I know. It's that you can never count out the underdog. No matter how big the odds, people can surprise you. That's one reason I like Simply Safe Home Security. It's an amazing security system that's winning all sort of sorts of awards right now. But guess what? Ten years ago, they were an underdog. Back then, if you wanted a security system, you had to go through a huge corporation and sign expensive long-term contracts with hidden fees for systems that were completely outdated. That all changed when a young electric engineer named Chad Lawrence started designing Simply Safe's first security system in his kitchen. He wanted to get rid of long-term contracts, hidden fees. Start a security system that treated people right, and now we did. Just about everyone has Simply Safe as their top choice for home security. Wirecutter, PCMag, CNET—over two million people trust it to keep them safe. Not bad for a security company that started in a kitchen. Protect your home with Simply Safe. Support this show by visiting simplysafe.com/slash-bs. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Simplysafe.com/slash-bs. And speaking of support, don't forget the big picture. Our new Ringer Movies feed, uh, launching this week. Subscribe to it now. Sean Fantasy interviewing a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of heavyweights in the film industry. And then on top of that, you get all kinds of Oscars coverage. You get movie reviews and exit surveys and me and Shea Serrano. We're going to be popping up on this podcast. So if you love movies, I would highly recommend subscribing to The Big Picture. All right, back to Cueva. How would you save the Hawks?
2: Next year, after uh, Trey Young do his thing, we'll get a... Still, we'll probably lose a lot of games this season, but we'll get a good first-round pick.
0: You're doing the process, aren't
2: you? Yeah, we're on the process. Get two on, top on picks? Trust the process. Yeah, phase right now. We're we, we, we not tripping. We want Trey to do his thing. Have fun, but we know what's going on. We're expecting it.
0: True or untrue, you... And the rest of your amigos, buddies have adopted Trey Young, and he's like the unofficial fourth member. Is that <laughs> true
2: or untrue? Because I've heard rumors. Nah, we just call him ice we just call him Ice Trey. We just call him Ice Trey Young. That's it. Ice Trey. Yeah, he Ice Trey. Did you know that, Tommy? Yeah, that's his. That's, that's his a nickname. great nickname, yeah. Ice Trey. Yeah, yeah. Dude,
0: yeah. when you leave, you should just trademark that. Yeah, he's ice tray. They'll sell the t shirts. You just got to cut them.
2: The ice tray ones, the ice tray twos. <laughs> yeah.
0: The shoes. Yeah. Ice tray. That's amazing. Man. We got him. So, what 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 do we think the ceiling is for him? I'm a huge fan like of that.
2: What Michael Jordan say? the ceiling is the roof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's no, nah, I think he's out of here though. But I think,
0: um, because he, he, he keeps getting compared to Steph. Which I like and I don't like because I don't think Steph is replicable. I don't think we'll ever see Steph again. You might. With I don't Trey. know.
2: You might with Trey. You might with Trey. Did you see that 35-footer he made the other day? Yeah, you might with Trey. I, I think a lot of players are going to come in like Steph. All you got to do is train. I think Steph trained like a true shooter. Yeah. Like born true shooter. You know what I'm saying? So that was born in him, but everybody is trying to create Steph, so you'll probably find one that's close enough.
0: I did not like the trade because I think Doncic is
2: going to be really good. But, but now— it, For the culture of Atlanta, I don't think it would have been a good fit. Explain. This is a good theory.
0: Um, so you think the best hawk cannot be Luka Doncic? It needs to be—
2: It needs to be Trey Young just because we got a lot— We Atlanta needs hype to— come down to the arena you know what I'm saying right and I think that's a lot of hype for, for us and it's like cultural and he's you know young and a part of the new viral videos and uh, the new young overtime slam house of highlights you know when everybody's seeing everybody hoop like he was a yeah. part of that hype and just to have that in Atlanta is like another city like LA or or New York you get what I'm saying
0: well, especially if you guys are gonna adopt him as the unofficial fourth member exactly. and call him Ice Tray. Yeah. You've exactly. read a song called Ice Tray. Yeah, you that would you know, yeah, that that happen. Dallas. Yeah, you could make this happen. Yeah. I I worry about how, how he's not like a big dude in the pounding of the season. Yeah. Um and, and just he likes like, to get physical too. Well, that's like the he, thing. Cause in college he would just go into the he'd yeah. be bouncing off everybody. Uh-huh. But in the pros, those dudes are all yeah. You know, and that's the one thing I worry about with him. But uh I think Doncic is gonna be really good. But I think that you made a good case though. You kinda yeah. talked me into that. Yeah. Who do you think is the best hawk of all time? Best hawk? I mean, I have my answer.
2: Uh Dominique? Yeah. You gotta be. Dominique, Dominique you know,
0: sure. Jalen Rose is a good friend of mine. Yeah. He revered Dominique because he said Dominique on and off the court was one of the true legends. Yeah, for you sure. You know he opened a nightclub? When he was playing, he had his own nightclub. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't know that. Dominique was like a legend all time. I didn't but know that. But in the in Atlanta, nobody knew it was going on. It <laughs> was just like it was just going like magic was out here in LA. Yeah, with the celebrities, everybody knew. But Dominique was just quietly a it's
2: legend. Dope. Yeah, it's hard. I he, know he's still at I the games. Him, he, he's
0: at every game. Ask him. Ask him about the nightclub. Okay,
2: cool. I'm gonna ask
0: <laughs> Think about that. NBA the star like
2: nightclub going and going. And yeah, what about tell it? me about that
0: nightclub in the eighties? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Think about that. Imagine an NBA star now opening their own nightclub and naming it after themselves and then going there after oh, games. Oh, the club was
2: called Dummy Whipers. I think it
0: was called it was something like Neeks. Wow. Now Didn't some of this up. might be urban
2: legend. I don't know. Okay. So I'm when ask, did you I'm ask my mama?
0: Yeah, ask. Him. Um, when did you feel like Atlanta, the Renaissance was officially happening? Cause it seemed like about three, four years ago, all of a sudden Atlanta was all over the place in all these different ways. Maybe 2016. But uh, could you feel it though? Because you're from there and you love Atlanta and
2: you don't even see it. Yeah. Uh I wanna say I wanna say when they came when 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 LA moved to Atlanta to shoot all the movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they start like building the studios and I think when that started happening they realized that it was a culture thing going on there. Right. And then the music was just going itself. And then while you when you came, you had to hear the music on the radios, yeah, yeah, hear the music in the clubs, hear the music in the cars passing by you and it just became a natural thing. Like I think it was organic with when Hollywood moved to Atlanta.
0: Do you think it's the epicenter of black culture right now? Yeah, for sure. Because Washington calls itself Chocolate City. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: better tell them to refrain. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, but Atlanta is is hot right now. I think the show
0: having like one of the best TV shows actually called Atlanta really helps. Most definitely. All the music that that's just, come out. That was
2: just more fuel to the fire, like.
0: Yeah. It really does seem like a movement. I was always Danny like,
2: won the awards and he got on and said Bad and Bougie is the best song in the world. Like it made everybody like put their attention on the city of Atlanta.
0: Were you worried when he started making a show called Atlanta? Like when you heard about it, you're like, no, oh because no. I,
2: I knew I knew where Donald was really from. Right. A lot of people didn't think he was from Atlanta. I know he he he's from like Stone. He's from Stone Mountain, and and that's like twenty minutes away from the North Side. That's what we from. So yeah. When they said when he first came out with his album and his tape, and I was like, oh yeah, I already know him. He's from up the way over there by Stone Mountain, Thony, and and like when he came out with Atlanta, I was like, oh yeah, this finna get like he gonna go like really like North Side Atlanta. So it's like it's not. It's, it's not in the city. It's not, in, it's not city Atlanta-like. Yeah. It's, 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 North Atlanta. It's Stone Mountain-like where you from. So break
0: down Atlanta to me. North Atlanta where you're
2: from. North Atlanta is like 20 minutes outside the city of Atlanta. So 20, describe 25. North Atlanta to me
0: in one sentence. It's like the
2: north side, Gwinnett.
0: But what, but what is what's the personality of North Atlanta? Uh. Is it different it's from. It's diverse.
2: Everybody not black. It's diverse. Everybody not black. It's, like, different black, Hispanic, Asian, and they all from different spots, and they all came into, like, one, like, and my school was so diverse, but we was so trending. Like, we, I don't know, it was kind of like, we was the new kids on the block, but we from different sides, and and we made up, you know what I'm saying, the gang, the Migos, the boys, yeah, yeah. the North Side, like, it came, like, it kind of came like a cool thing to be around and just being like inside of Atlanta. Because you had T.I. and Jeezy and yeah. everybody, they had they Atlanta feel. They was the city of Atlanta. Them the hard boys of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So we had to come outside and do our thing. Like, Is there a South Atlanta? Does North Atlanta yeah, have a, a South rival? Atlanta, East Atlanta. Who's, your, who's North Atlanta's Atlanta. rival? North Atlanta right? We don't got a rival. We good cuz we just came in to the city like we was not getting called out for we was not getting recognition for a minute like outside until we came in and, and stated it and like start screaming no side
0: what uh like all these years later the 96 olympics and all that what's the legacy of that to Atlanta for you
2: uh i remember um i was in Athens and I seen like the cross country runner run with the torch yeah all the way through from like Athens to Atlanta, I was I was a kid, and just having my mom just having me out there just made me feel like I was a part of something huge. And then that, my, that was my I wanted to see Muhammad Ali, but I couldn't because it was like at night. And my mama went yeah, and she seen him, and I would just Muhammad Ali was my favorite athlete in the world. Like just to see him come to Atlanta and. Hold that torch up, it was big for the like state of Georgia.
0: Who do you think that Muhammad Ali is now for this generation? Mm. I mean, obviously there's nobody who's exactly like him, but who because yeah, just... it, it felt like this year LeBron hit some level of popularity that I just never expected. Yeah, I say LeBron. For people under thirty, he's like their guy. Yeah. I say LeBron. And he did the stuff at the school. And Colin this Kaepernick.
2: Colin Kaepernick. Have you talked to him? Yeah. Colin Kaepernick, maybe, yes, he's the Ali of our time right now.
0: So when he's moving in the circles, you feel like there's a respect for him? For sure. Because of the stuff that has happened the last two years and the stuff he's given up and sacrificed all that.
2: Most definitely. He sacrificed his whole career and that's what Ali did to fight for something that was right.
0: Hmm. I mean, it's funny. I watch football every Sunday, and there's like eight quarterbacks who should be starting in the NFL, and I and I keep waiting for somebody to be like, "Screw it, let's go with Kaepernick. Let's try it." Like, because the PR of it would actually be really smart for the team, and it would deflect. Like, if the Giants did it right now, the Giants are terrible. If they did it, everybody would just talk about
2: Kaepernick, and it'd be. Yeah, like, that's what we was trying to, that's that's what we go back to the NFL, like, have to tap into the culture, like. Yeah. We understand that we like football. We understand that we love football, and, they, and we cannot just not turn on the TV and see it. But you cannot force that on us. You know what I'm saying? I think, like, really, like, satisfy the people that come to see it. We like seeing it because it's football. Yeah. But you can make the show way more entertaining if, if it was just organic.
0: What about, I mean, baseball, it seems like it's just losing the
2: black community. Not really. They just, we just did the playoff commercial. We just did the whole thing.
0: So you think I that's think, how they're coming, they, they're getting back because they're starting we, to tap into they, that.
2: tapping in, yes. Because I
0: did notice that commercial because my Red Sox are still alive. Exactly. And I was like, oh, look at baseball. Yeah. Bringing in Migos yeah, exactly. to China.
2: You see, I just... It, that's how that's how it would be in the n f l if they did it, you know it's just all about being tapped into the youth and just learning how long how long this like how long we all been watching different sports, and we know we understand the tradition, but now it's time for like a whole new tradition to start yeah, like this tradition been going on since. We've been separated and, you know, like the race thing. Like now it's time to just go straight mixy and all the way new, you know, like just a whole new script.
0: Right. What's the biggest pressure you have now being a famous, famous celebrity who, who has a high profile
2: and loves to do what he does for a living? Uh, I just try to do much as I, po- much as possible for like the kids and in my community, um, yeah, that's what I got you. I did Huncho Hoops. I did Huncho, Huncho, uh, you just messing me up. The football thing on my birth Huncho Day in the A on my birthday. That was that was football. I had all the players from the NFL come to uh, my event on April 2nd. It was at uh, Berkmar High School, the high school I came from. I grew up in. All my friends, I called them myself. I didn't get no PR, no yeah. nothing. I called them myself, asked them to come. They came and showed love. We had like a flag football game. I remember this. Yeah. There was, was a lot of people in that game. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people in that game. You should televise that. Yeah. Well, next we'll year. We'll run it am, next year tried, in the ringer. Yeah. We tried We tried last year, but it was so tough. To, just they didn't know how much I was going to bring out. Yeah. So. Well, they know now. They, <laughs> exactly. And once they. And I had like shuttles, like six, seven, eight buses picking up kids, dropping them off, scoop, bringing them back, dropping them off. I had tons of water. Shout out to uh, um, Jaden Smith for bringing the waters. He had just water, brought like tons of carts of water for all the kids. Pizzas, Blaze Pizza, LeBron um, yeah. Pizza fed all the kids. I had Easter egg hunt on the baseball field at my school. And I I did Huncho Hoops, I think, three days ago behind Capitol. Laid the hardwood down. Um, shot a video brought like the high school kids just to see all the top basketball high school kids just to see how professional things work just to let them see you know what I'm saying like how great you can be at this level and still like give back to the kids so I just brought all the kids and had the dance team small from like all ages and had a drum line there had the huncho mask out there had the DJ out there had the pizza like I just want to lay out a big party for all the community to just come and have fun. And I try to do this every time I do an event, like a project or just my birthday. I want to celebrate it with the world. Um, You've
0: got to know Drake over these last six years. What's something about Drake that
2: you know that I wouldn't know (laughs) about him as a, as a, he liked to work hard. Um, You know that, uh, just like what's uh, the biggest thing you've learned from him just just the particulars like stage sets and production and lights and making sure everything right making sure sound right making sure the fans is satisfied sometimes the we got to like change seatings and make sure the whole pit is just super packed just so right. we get the energy so we make them come down from the top come down to the bottom then the top get refilled it's like crazy
0: Yeah, he was very attentive to all the people right around making sure he was like connecting with them. Because it's hard. They They can't
2: see the 3D. Right. They can't see like the real production or the screen because they're eye-level with the stage. Yeah. So you really got to do your attention towards the pit.
0: Drake does this thing when he's out there where he does the whole – he really makes it feel like it's the most special night he's ever played because of the crowd. You know, yes. it's like, every
2: night is the most special. This night. is
0: great. You know, LA, it's always great to be here, but tonight it's really great, and I just fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I know he said it the next night too, but I, I really felt like our crowd was the special crowd.
2: Everybody is a special crowd. Every night is a special crowd. Every time it's filled up, sold out, it's special. So, All right,
0: but you believe that. But when you're in Atlanta, that's probably when you're the most jazzed up, right?
2: It's got to be the best playing home. Yes, for sure. Ain't no place like home. Um, when we go home, they're going to show too much love.
0: What's the best place to play in Atlanta? What, si- what
2: size is the arena? Well, now it's State Farm's arena. State Farm, it was the Phillips. But
0: is that, would you rather play 18,000
2: or would you rather play like 2,000 packs? No, I'd rather play 18,000. That was my dream playing in the Phillips arena for birthday bash. And we did that 2012. And ever since then, that's the spot to play is like playing in the garden. That makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think. I had one. Oh.
0: You're related to the other two members yeah, of Migos, yeah, yeah. which I didn't realize till I did a quick check to make sure I wasn't going to, there were any facts I didn't know. And I was like, wait a second. Those guys are related. I just thought you were like buddies.
2: No, nah, take off my nephew. It's my sister, uh, son. Yeah. What's the age difference? Uh, Three years. Four, wait, Oh yeah Three, four years
0: So you guys have known each other Your whole lives basically Yeah So when did you start Kind of Doing the Since we was like 14, 15 years old And were you like I'm gonna We're gonna have a band someday We're gonna do this yeah. We're gonna play in the Phillips Yeah We used to always say that And did the family be like Guys shut up That's not happening
2: uh, Stop no, saying they that they just to be like Alright no, Okay
0: Okay yeah We'll come see yeah. at the Phillips oh, That'll yeah. be awesome yeah, well, all right,
2: 2018. Yeah. You know, when AJ did, ain't really want to shut it down. Like, okay, all right.
0: Because, <laughs> you know, when I heard you doing the solo album, I was like, oh, well, of course. Like, bands don't last. Like, people that, you know, when it's two or three or four or whatever. But then now I realize you're related. Now I know you'll be there. You'll be together forever now.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: If you weren't related, it might be a little more problematic. Yeah, if
2: it wasn't. But no. Nah. We family, man. It's it's just like I said. We've been sitting at the same Thanksgiving table every year ever since we've been growing up. Ever since toddler size. So I love to see my nephew go crazy. He love to see his uncle go crazy. I love yeah. to see my cousin go crazy.
0: Do you guys feel like you have chemistry on stage? Because I was really like that's unique yeah. to you guys. Because I was really impressed by how you moved around and used the stage, but you always. You never overlapped or anything. You always kind of had your own section, and you moved. It was almost like watching, um, like uh, in basketball or something, when the defense is moving right and the mm-hmm. defense shifts, and the shooter comes over, and everybody goes to the right spots. Yeah, and you just did that the whole time. Yeah, but it, just, it was like instinctive.
2: Yeah, pretty organic. We, we we got real chemistry. We didn't even like really used to rehearse until. Like the week before tour, that was our first time ever even rehearsing because we just know how right. So At it's easy. It's flowing because we just been with each other all our lives. Can we talk about LeBron's dancing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got some moves on him. He he can crank. He just I think they should have given him a mic. Yeah, I, I thought because he ran
0: out there, and he was just kind of hopping around. It's like, can we give him a mic? He just wants so to sing dope, along. No, he, he was like the hype man.
2: He's he like Bandini job. Brown. Yeah, he did a good job. He's supposed to do. He's you know you know. He don't hoot. I mean, he don't, he don't rap, so he don't got to grab it. You no wouldn't have done one thing on the mic? Nothing? Nah, nah, nah. I wish we had a basketball goal out there. Could have came out and started doing warm ups. He shouldn't they have half court the... shot. Yeah, they should have left. Oh, he shot it? No, he should have. They should have oh. had him come out and do the half court. He sunk it. So yeah, he made another 25000 gone. If he we we missed it, it would have been to, We had to give it to a fan with like some LeBron's sign. Tell LeBron, come on with that 20. You just signed for what? How much? The biggest, largest bag in L.A. history.
0: I got to say, I hate the Lakers with every bone in my body because I'm a Celtics fan. No. I no. like having— This is
2: going to be amazing.
0: I like having what, LeBron in L.A. I, it just feels right. Exactly. It's the city of celebrities, and he's one of the biggest celebrities And that's
2: celebrities how we now. feel right now in Atlanta with Trey. That's what I was telling you. Ice Trey. Ice Trey.
0: Do you hold any animus toward the Celtics with— the? Uh, Dominique versus Larry, nineteen eighty-eight. It was previous generation from you. Nah, the I duel. Know. Larry Bird. I Nick had forty-seven. It. Larry Bird he just wasn't good enough to beat the legend. I wasn't around. I was at that I game. I wasn't around that back then. I was at that game. Yeah. Dominique had the greatest dunk I've ever seen in my life in that game. He missed from the foul I line and I just fought up at the I dunk. wish I
2: can watch an eighties basketball game live on the floor. Dominique missed his
0: calling. Yeah. He if he was here now, people would lose their fucking minds. Cause he would like he, out of anybody, he loved dunking on people. So if like somebody was the rims here and and somebody's two feet away, he would jump toward the guy that was two feet away and then dunk. All he wanted to do was dunk on people, and you know back then I mean, it the was, game
2: was a lot tougher. So
0: and yeah, you're gonna get clotheslined if you did that. Yeah, I yeah. miss it. The game's soft now. I I wish and everybody's friends. I don't like that. I like it for what you do for a living, but in basketball, I wish there was more.
2: It was, it was a little more bad blood. Yeah. It was more smoke. <laughs> I, no. <laughs>
0: I wish the Celtics and Warriors, there was like, you know, because I think that's going to be the next big rivalry. And I Celtics wish those guys were taking, talking shit. It got
2: real, last, what, the last Warriors Cavs game with LeBron, it got real tough. It got real intense.
0: Well, they, LeBron shoved Curry. The, dirt, got the got a dirty, the dirty, yeah, the dirty secret sauce is LeBron and Curry don't like each other. Yeah,
2: it got a little physical.
0: Yeah. They're on each other's corner. You know
2: Curry, then you got Boogie gonna come in this year. It's gonna really, it's, it's gonna start getting spicy this year. LeBron thought it's a lot he, of players playing with passion right now.
0: Oh yeah, LeBron thought he was the biggest star in the league, and then Curry in that Warriors team made the jump, and Curry became the most popular guy with the kids. I don't think LeBron liked it, and I think there's a little, no, just a no, little, no, and they no, played him no. four straight finals together. It's a little something there.
2: I think LeBron. I, like I think LeBron don't give it down. No, he cares. Who
0: cares? I'm telling you.
2: That's <laughs> like, why he went
0: to the Lakers. He okay. needed a better team, he needed a bigger city, need more money. Well, that's film, world. Like, you, you well, you want to do that stuff, yeah. too. Maybe he'll make a movie about you. Or you'd be in Space Jam. I can't wait.
2: Space let's Jam, are you available? Space Jam huncho. Let's go. Where'd the huncho come from? Leader of the team. Just like the king. Did you invent that or is it an actual word? I invented it. Huncho. It's in a dictionary. I think it's spelled H-O-N. I I took the O. Oh, Honcho. Yeah. So you'd made it Honcho. Yeah. That was smart. Tell me about your new album. uh, My album out right now, I worked hard for it. It's um, called Quavo Honcho, 1 through 19, Bangers. Um, I put some real sauce on the productions. I brought people into my world. Um, Just a great project. I feel good about it. It's my first solo project. And it's doing good. What made you want to do a solo album? And what was your number one goal? Just wanted to uh, give my fans a, a real foundation to find my music. I had, like, a lot of features out. You just typing up Quavo, seeing a whole bunch of features with no home base to get yeah, my yeah. myself off from. So I just wanted to, like, come out with an album. So now when you type in my name, you see... You can go. You can go somewhere to a home base and get my real catalog.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've accomplished two things today. We gave Trey Young a nickname. Ice, Ice Trey. Trey. That's now public. That's out yes, there. Yes, sir. And then we're staging a coup d'état with the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, we gonna, uh, we're gonna. We're We're turning that into an Atlanta show. Can we
2: disrupt the program? Maroon
0: Five. They let's can be if, there, but they're just gonna be over on the side, no, kind of clapping let's see if for we everybody get else. Like a,
2: a hacking system to hack. As <laughs> oh, the they... soon as halftime come on, it's just like interrupt this program. Brought <laughs> to show you the real halftime show. And then Lil John come through. What? <laughs> and then that's a... <laughs>
0: get on it. That's how we wait. I have the idea.
2: I think this will work.
0: So the Phillips Arena, nothing's going to be in there that night, right? Mm-hmm. So you get another network to do the real halftime show. And you have all the Atlanta people there. And then when the game goes to halftime, you flick over the other channel. And then it's like Atlanta royalty and just go for the next half hour. That's a great idea. That could work.
2: I'm giving that to you, Quavo. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call... The wrestlers and ask you call that the Huncho halftime show? Yes,
0: sir. You get everybody. Yeah. Who's who's turning you down for that idea? Oh, nobody. You'd be like, they're trying to take our city away from us. Maroon (laughs) Five is the halftime show. That can't
2: happen. Leave Maroon Five out of this, man. This got nothing to do with Maroon Five. No, it's fine. But but we're not mad at them. You gotta take your city back, people, bro. Yeah, take your city
0: back. Okay, Phillips Arena. I got you. what channel? We'll take bitters right now. Oh, it's the State Farm Arena. State Farm Arena. Okay, let's get it. We're doing it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man, for having me. All right. Thanks so much to Quavo. Thanks to Shea Serrano. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to slash BS. Thanks to Simply Safe. They go beyond what home security should be. Intuitive design influences every step of securing your home, like installation. Simply Safe ships right to your door, ready to go, never stops. Simply Safe's built in backups protect you through power failures, Wi Fi outages even baseball bats, all for $14.99 a month. That's it. Order today. You'll get free shipping and free returns. Start your risk-free 60-day trial at slash BS. That is simply safe with two eyes. And thanks to FanDuel as well. Remember, they have tons of ways to play, like the Great Iron Pick'em Contest where you just pick winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. I've tried other At DF site, DFS sites. If you're not a fantasy expert... FanDuel, clearly the place to play. I'll have my team. I'll say what it is later in the week. New users get a $5 bonus when they make the first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Picture, our new Ringer Movies podcast. And don't forget to root for the Red Sox, unless you hate Boston. Then I, I can't do anything about that. But uh, root for the Red Sox. Who? Dodgers, come on. Get that team out of here. They moved. They, they stabbed the p- good people of Brooklyn in the back and moved to L.A. Boston never moved. Boston stayed in the same place. Root for the loyal people of Boston and the Boston Red Sox. Good luck, Red Sox. See you tonight at Fenway. Back later in the week with more of the BS Podcast.